Welcome to Flood Church Lilongwe's Inspiring Sermon Podcast, where faith meets community. Join us on a transformative journey as we explore the word together. Stay tuned for messages that uplift and empower. Let's dive in. All right, uh, so currently uh, we're actually going through a sermon series uh, called Your Life, God's Canvas. Your Life, God's Canvas. And this morning, uh, my brother Zach is going to be bringing us the word uh, this morning. So let's hear it for Pastor Zach as he comes forward. And let's just, let just pray for Zach. Jesus, we thank you for Zach. We thank you, God, that um, yeah, this morning uh, you have entrusted him with your word. And I pray, uh, may you open up our hearts, Lord, our ears to hear, our hearts to receive your truth. And that may we move in that truth. I thank you, Lord, for your good. May your spirit be a covering for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Flood Church. Um, as Pastor Humphrey said, my name is Zach, and I'll be um, sharing with you this morning. Um, if I can ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. This morning we're going to read from Romans 12. Reading from Romans 12, Romans 12, starting from verse 1 to 2. Um, the word of our Lord says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this morning. Thank you for each and every person that is here. Heavenly Father, as we are in your presence this morning, I pray that as you're speaking to us, may we listen. I pray for your Holy Spirit to be with each and every one of us. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. We can take our seats. As Pastor Humphrey said, we're in week three of our sermon series, um, Your Life, God's Canvas. Your Life, God's Canvas. And today I'm going to be talking about Christians in this world. Christians in this world. And when I was preparing for um, this sermon, excuse me, when I was preparing for this sermon, one thing that um, I was looking at um, when, when you start to consider a canvas was just painting and work of art and just a value of um, paintings and art. Um, and one thing that uh, reminded me of this is just a value of something. Um, when you don't know the value of a thing, you can either misuse it or you can actually get the best out of it. So with whatever way that you look at it, um, however you value something, you can in turn uh, misuse it or use it in a, in a perfect way. Um, and with that, I remembered a story um, that was viral about a few months ago or to a year of a Nigerian fisherman. So this Nigerian fisherman went fishing with his friends and they caught a really big fish. Um, and then they were really excited, took pictures of um, this catch that they, that they got. Um, And as you do with any other fish, they went on to prepare a meal and, yeah, had a really, really tasty meal, if I can (laughs) assume. 
Um, but he went viral not because of how big the fish was. He went viral because that fish is a rare species. <laughs> that is worth 2.6 million US dollars. So they prepared a meal worth 2.6 million US dollars. And people were laughing at them because they didn't know the value of that fish. And they just ate it up and went on with their day. And as I was preparing for this sermon, um, when I was in the office with Harry and Tia, um, I, I was sharing with them about some famous paintings. Um, so the most expensive painting in the world is called the Salvatore Mundi, which is a painting of Jesus Christ. Um, this painting was sold for 450 million US dollars. Some can say, yeah, maybe because it's Jesus, so it makes sense uh, for it to sell at 450 million US dollars. The second most expensive painting uh, is by William de Kooning, and it's called The Interchange. Um, if you can see the painting, that is worth 300 million US dollars. And when I, when I shared that with Harry and Tia, they were like, for what? That mess. <laughs> because it seems like someone was just smearing paint all over. But for a painting enthusiast, that is worth 300 million US dollars. If we don't know the value of something, we can misuse it. Or if we know the value of something, we'll actually get the best out of it. Your life is a canvas that God is painting a beautiful story on it. And today, I want us to know that no matter where you are in your life, no matter the season or the times that you're going through, that season also matters to God. It doesn't matter how big or small that season you're going through it seems, but it really does matter to God. So today I want us to look at four insights from this story and that will help us to understand um, as we're navigating through this world as Christians. I want us to look at four insights. The first one that I want us to look at is God's mercy. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy to submit your lives as a living sacrifice. Um, the kids here were, were talking about a story of Abraham. And when we're talking of sacrifices, we can't forget the story of Abraham. Abraham was promised to be the father of nations. Um, and when Isaac was the only son that he had, he was given a task and he was asked to sacrifice Isaac. So one thing that I want us to remember when we're talking about sacrifices is just how a sacrifice involves us being obedient and also being dedicated. A sacrifice involves us being obedient and dedicated. When Abraham was called to sacrifice Isaac, he did not question God. He obeyed what God told him. And the next thing that he was told to do was to go to a far place for him to sacrifice Isaac. And he was dedicated in doing that. And for us as Christians, and, and as we are walking through this earth, we are called to be living sacrifices. So therefore, we are called to be obedient to what God is calling us to do. Not only that, but we're also called 
to be dedicated. Because most of the times we go through life and we make so many plans and it, it seems like God is actually intervening with our plans. But God actually wants to invite us into his plan. And his plan is for us to be a living sacrifice. It's for us to continue living for him, being dedicated to him, being obedient to what he's calling us to do. So are you daily living your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing in the sight of God? Or maybe you're just doing things randomly, hoping that something, something good will come out of it. But God is calling us to live as a living sacrifice. The second, um, the second insight that I want us to look at is true worship, true and proper worship. Uh, Paul here is trying to highlight um, the essence of true and proper worship, and he says that true and proper worship is not only one that goes through the rituals or the ceremonies where we come here and the worship band is, is singing and we're raising our hands. Some of us will cry. Maybe some get goosebumps when they are at it. It's not in that. True and proper worship is a life that is fully surrendered to God. It's a life that is fully surrendered to God. And most of the times for us, it feels like I make the plans and then I invite God in just to bless whatever that I have already planned. It's like God is just there for a stamp of approval or just to endorse the plans that I have. But a true and proper worship is a life that is fully surrendered to God. Because as we are living in this world as Christians, we are not living for ourselves. So every aspect of our lives is supposed to be an act of worship. So whether it's you saying, I'm tired of this country and I want to run away from everything that's happening, I need to get a visa to go wherever you want to go. Like that by itself is something that you need to present to God. Like, God, I am trying to make this move in my life. It's not that you are calling God just to bless whatever it is. Whether it's your next job, God is supposed to be there making those choices with you and those decisions with you you and God together not just you making choices and then having God to come bless it for you whether it's you trying to get married or get a girlfriend or a boyfriend it's not about God I've found the right girl so right now I'm ready for everything to go on but God is actually asking you to invite him into making those decisions so whether you're looking for your next job. I know, the, I, know, I know the money can actually be something to motivate us, but also for God to actually show you where to go, where to place you. Because in every aspect of our lives, we need to worship God through our actions. Because most of the times we, we like to do the Malawian thing where if a president or, or any high profile figure is coming, we start to sweep around, we clean everything. If, if roads are messed up, all the portholes will be patched. Why? Because the president is coming through. And it's the same thing that we do with our lives. We sweep clean one area of our lives, 
and we say, Jesus, you sit here. Don't move, sit here, and then I'll, I'll figure out the rest. And then at the end, you can just bless this. But God is calling us to say, no, no, no. I need to be in the mess of your life as well. Because that's true and proper worship. So you surrendering that mess, saying, God, I need you in this mess. I can't do it on my own. That is an act of true and proper worship. So where is God calling you today to be obedient and trusting him with your future? Maybe he's calling you to be more dedicated with serving him. Because that's the true and proper worship that he is calling from you. The third insight that I want us to look at is renewal and transformation. Renewal and transformation. So we see in this passage that there is a call for us to renew our minds. So this is something that is one intentional because many of us can actually attest to this whether if you have if you have struggled with any addiction or any sin just because you have made up your mind to say i want to quit this doesn't mean that will not come to your mind every once in a while just because you have told yourself i'm going to quit smoking today doesn't mean the urge of smoking it's just going to be cut off. Every once in a while, that urge will come through. Just because you have com committed to say, I'm, I'm done with this sin, doesn't mean that temptation for you to sin is not going to be there. But what needs to happen now is a constant renewal of the mind where you are going back to God, intentionally seeking Him, intentionally trying to learn from him, intentionally pu putting yourself in his hands to say, God, work on my life. Where you are renewing your mind each and every day. Where you are renewing your mind each and every second. Knowing that on your, on your own, none of this can happen. But with the help of God, you can actually do more. So right now, it's an issue where you intentionally take those steps to renew your mind each and every day so that you can actually be more in tune with God. Because by ourselves, we don't have the capabilities to actually love God like that. Our hearts will, will divert to different other things. But the passage is calling us to daily renew our minds daily renew our minds so that our minds can be transformed and we can be um, thinking in the same aspects where, as God wants us to be. Just because we have chosen to do the right thing doesn't mean the right thing will just happen by itself. The fourth and uh, final insight that I want us to look at is God's will. God's will. And um, we see that God's will is not something that most of us are actually proud of. Because maybe sometimes God has called you to leave certain things that you actually love. Maybe God has called you to do certain things that you are not willing to do because it doesn't seem like the cool thing. But being in God's will is something that 
is the most fulfilling and most pleasing for any Christian. As we continue to, to walk in this journey as Christians, our ability to navigate God's will is going to help us discern and actually be more in line with God's truth. And most of the times, as I said, we get to a, a space where you bring, you bring your request to God and you just call God to actually just bless us. Um, one of my favorite verses is in Proverbs, um, and it's Proverbs 19, verse 21. It says, many are the plans in man's heart, but it's the Lord that has the final say, or it's the will of God that prevails. So many of us make plans. All of us have plans, all of us have goals, all of us have dreams. And most of the times we make those plans and we have all these vision boards and stuff. And we just present those to God and say, God, I've, I've made my five-year, ten-year plan. So just, yeah, uh, feel free to bless it whenever you f you're free. But God is saying, many are your plans, but I have the final say. How are you trusting God in whatever plans that you have? How are you trusting God in whatever goals that you have? Because many are the plans in man's heart, but the Lord has a final say. And I can't say, and I can't talk about this without remembering um, Ephesians 3 verse 20, which says, and I know my God will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask or imagine. What better space to be in than to be in the will of God because my plans might seem big to me but God has far much bigger plans for me my plans may may seem like they're well tuned to me but God knows me to the core so whatever plans that he has for me they're well aligned for me so how are you trusting God in this this season because God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or imagine so whatever plans that you have god can actually do more than what you're thinking whatever goals that you have god can do exceedingly abundantly maybe this is your season to trust god with your plans and as i was talking about paintings uh, i can't i can't go past the uh the comments that Harry and Tia said. It's like, what, what mess? And sometimes we are in situations where we start to think of ourselves as a mess. And sometimes we start to see our situations and we look at our situations as a huge mess. And I can't, and I can't get the, uh, past the fact that if a famous painter would come in here with paint and a brush and start to sprinkle paint all over. At the end of all that, people say, this is a wonderful work of art, some abstract painting. Why? Because that paintbrush is in the hands of a famous painter. If the very same paintbrush is handed to Zach, and I throw the same paint here. I'm pretty sure Pastor Humphreys will say, why are you making such a mess? But 
we've got a choice. We can either be the mess that God is actually working on, or we can actually be our own mess. So whose mess are you trying to be? Because when Pastor Humphreys was, was sharing the first week of the sermon series, uh, he talked about how Kate is an artist and how art is very messy. And sometimes we feel like, and it seems like, we're just in one huge mess. But God is actually crafting a very, very beautiful masterpiece in the middle of all that mess. But the question still remains, whose mess are you going to be? Are you going to be God's mess? Or are you going to be your own mess? And we, we can't talk about mess and actually not talk about Jesus because the story of Jesus is one huge mess altogether. But not just any kind of mess. It's a beautiful mess. It's a beautiful mess because God sends his only son to come to the earth. A beautiful mess where Jesus is born through a virgin called Mary. It's a beautiful mess where Joseph raises a son who is not his own biological son. It's a beautiful mess because the same people that he came to die for actually did not understand him or even accept him. A beautiful mess where his actual own friends decided, one of his friends decided to actually betray him. A beautiful mess where he ends up dying on the cross. But that beautiful mess found its truest meaning when on the third day he rose from the grave. Oh, what a beautiful mess. And God is inviting us into this beautiful mess where he's trading your mess for his beautiful mess, where he's trading your sins for his son. What a beautiful mess. And maybe some of us are in spaces where we think, I am beyond redemption. I am such a mess. God is calling you to say, I want you to be part of this beautiful mess. Because in any and every painting, there is mess. But at the end of all that, there is a beautiful masterpiece that God is actually working on. So once again, whose mess are you willing to be? Are you going to be your own mess or are you going to trust God with your mess so that he can work it? Because the passage says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let us not be held to this mold that the world is trying to fix us in, but to actually trust God to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or even imagine. So maybe you're there thinking I'm a mess. God is saying, I sent my son to die for you. Trust me with your mess. Maybe some of you are so, so much holding to your will and the plans and the, purposes, and the purpose for your life. God is saying, let go and trust me. Because he's got far much bigger and better plans for you and for your life. And maybe for some of us, all this doesn't make sense because 
we don't have that relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is saying to us, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Maybe some of you are seeking that rest today. So in whatever space that you're in, I pray that as God is speaking to you, may you listen. And as God is trying to work on that mess, may we not be resistant because he's trying to paint a beautiful picture in each and every one of us. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the finished work on the cross. Thank you for just how beautiful uh, that mess is and how we find freedom, oh God, because that mess is, is what sets us free. I pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every person in this room that is stuck somewhere. I pray, Heavenly Father, for you to actually release them, oh God. I pray, Heavenly Father, for people who are feeling like they're in so much of a mess that they are beyond redemption. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you set them free. I pray, Heavenly Father, for those people who are still battling you with just letting go of their will and trusting in you. I pray, Heavenly Father, that may they know that your will is good and perfect for them. So I pray, Heavenly Father, that may you have your way. I pray, Heavenly Father, for even the people that don't have a relationship with you. I pray, dear God, that you speak to their hearts this morning. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you release them from whatever shackles that are holding them captive. I thank you for your son Jesus, and I thank you for everything that he is doing in our lives, oh God, and everything that he is doing in this church. I pray that you be glorified, you be exalted above all else. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Um, we have uh, prayer counselors in the sides of, of the church. If you want prayer, you can go um, to either one of the sides um, so that you can get prayer. But right now, I ask us to stand as our worship band leads us into a song.